Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor at Trinity Anglican, and welcome to our daily podcast. We're glad to have you join us. I'm going to read a very short passage from Leviticus 23 and then pray, and then we're just going to spend some time following up actually on a theme we explored briefly last week. Leviticus 23, for six days work shall be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord throughout your settlements. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Sabbath, the command of Sabbath, and we pray, God, that we would think further into this idea even than we did last week. God, we pray that you would help us to sit with things that are maybe not native to us, not natural. Rest, for many of us, is not natural. And so, Lord, we pray that you would make it a spiritual discipline. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week I uh, came across in, I believe it was Exodus, a a passage on Sabbath, and we spent some time and highlighted it. We named the four basic movements of Sabbath, stop, rest, delight, and contemplate, or reflect. Today we're going to take it a little step further. Um, We're going to revisit Sabbath. I want to read another passage from Deuteronomy 5. This is really important about Keeping the Sabbath, the writer says this in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 5, Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. I find it fascinating that the writer Moses tells us to remember that we were slaves, that we observe Sabbath, we choose to rest because Sabbath ultimately reminds us that we're free people, that we're no longer under compulsion. See, a slave doesn't get to choose when she rests, but a, but a free man, a free woman does. And it's interesting to me that the, the, the command to Sabbath keeping came with a call to remember. And when I keep Sabbath, I remember that there have been times and were times in my life where I was not as free as I am now where I felt the pressure to perform or achieve or was in bondage to certain appetites or habits. And Sabbath keeping reminds me that the Lord has called me a free man, a free person. It's one of the reasons why I love that song, No Longer Slaves, that we sing at our church. Um, Life is an invitation to remember you're free. So remember that you used to be and have been enslaved, and therefore when you keep the Sabbath, you're keeping it as a free person. I'm going to give you 10 reasons very briefly because we don't spend a lot of time at this these podcasts, but 10 reasons uh, why we believe you should keep the Sabbath. And again, this comes from some thinking my friend, well, he's not, I think we would be friends, but Pete Scazzaro, um, I, I consider him a friend. He probably doesn't return the favor because he doesn't know who I am, but uh, our friend Pete shares these things. Number one, Sabbath is something God did. And being made in his image, it's something you're supposed to do. If God rested, you should rest. Who are you to think that you don't need to rest or don't get to rest? Are you more important than God? (laughs) If the Lord rested, we should rest. Um, And when we don't, we're diminished. We look for tricks to push through, workarounds, life hacks to be more efficient. We just need to stop. God did it. You should do it. Number two. Because of number one, because God rested, Sabbath was built into the DNA of creation. People need to rest. Fields need to rest. Animals need to rest. Students need to rest. Uh, I once drove a 
old Jeep to Kentucky when I was doing doctoral work. And when I got there, it was groaning and creaking and I felt like my Jeep needed to rest. So I turned it off and it rested a day and cranked right up and was running just fine the next day. We all need to rest. Uh, God made it this way. Romans 2 verses uh, 9 and 10. If you go against the grain, you get splinters, regardless of which neighborhood you're from, what your parents taught you, what schools you attended. But if you embrace the way God does things, there are wonderful payoffs. Again, without regard to where you come from or how you were brought up. I just love the way Eugene Peterson puts it. Um, you, if you go against the grain and Sabbath was built into the DNA of the universe, you will get splinters if you don't rest. Number three, Sabbath time is set apart as a holy time within a seven-day work week. Any day can work. Scripture teaches us that any day is holy, but you need to pick a day. The Jews did it from sundown to sundown. For me, Sabbath is Saturday. Um, I work on Sunday, so Sabbath for me is Saturday, and I do my very best to protect that Sabbath so that it is fun. And I stop, I rest, I delight, and I contemplate, and I fight to protect that day. And I would encourage you to pick a day and protect it, fight for it. Number four, Sabbath is an invitation for you and me to accept and embrace our limitations, our vulnerability. A lot of us, we've been taught to be even ashamed, to pretend that we have no limits, to be ashamed of our vulnerability. When I stop, when I choose to stop, I'm invited to recognize that God is running the universe and he does just fine without me. I think one of the reasons why we don't stop, why we don't really stop, is that we struggle with trust and control. Sabbath helps me remember each and every week that I am not God, that God is God, and so he gets to do that work of being God when I'm not. And stopping is a way to say you're not God. Number five, Sabbath protects us from doing violence to ourselves and to the world. In this sense, Sabbath does not save our souls, but it may save our bodies. If we're always draining, always outputting, always protecting, always creating, always innovating, always being efficient, we'll burn out. So much of our sin arises from being overextended, overtaxed. So Sabbath is a way for me to just step back and say, God, my body, my mind, my inbox, it needs to rest. It's interesting, you know, the air over Atlanta seems clearer and cleaner than it ever has because we've been forced into a kind of um, dystopian Sabbath as a society with this COVID-19 pandemic. When we cease the ecosystems around us, whether that's in our own soul or in the wider world, um, they recover because ceasing is actually a refraining from what can become violence. Number six, Sabbath reminds me that the world is God's world and that the world is good. See, the scripture begins with a good creation. Uh, we evangelicals tend to start when we think about the gospel with sin. But if you read the Bible, uh, things were good at first. God made the world and said it was good. Uh, he made people and said they were really good. Getting back to our beginnings, um, our story is headed in a good direction because it started somewhere really good. So the Sabbath is actually a really beautiful way to remember that God is good. It's one of the reasons why I like to fire up my grill on the Sabbath, because to me, there's nothing quite as good as uh, the smell of slow roasting meat on a big green egg. Um, I would encourage you to do things that will speak to goodness. Um, listen to good music, be outside, uh, do things on the Sabbath that actually remind you of the inherent goodness of the world. 
Number seven, Sabbath defeats the powers and principalities that seek to define us by our work. I just want to say to you, everything around you that tries to define you by your work, um, those things are not God. I actually think it's demonic that we're so tethered and identified to our paid vocations. So when I step away from my paid vocation, I allow myself to be defined separate apart from my work. And that's good for every one of us. And I just want to say to you, you have an adversary. Uh, the enemy of your souls wants to make you a slave, wants to take away your freedom, wants to push you back into places where you are not as free. And one of the gifts of Sabbath is that when I cease my work, I make an intentional effort to break away, to pull away from an over-identification with work in terms of my identity. Sabbath is actually wonderful when it comes to clarifying your true identity. Number eight, Sabbath is a lived experience or an invitation to have an experience of God's grace. It's actually one of the most concrete ways that we can know that we're doing what God wants. When I rest on the Sabbath, I know that I'm pleasing God, I'm walking in alignment with his grace. And if you're anything like me, we spend a lot of time kind of guessing, wondering, even hoping, am I doing what God wants me to do in this situation or that? Well, I just want to assure you, if you take a, a Sabbath day every week, every week you're doing at least one thing God wholeheartedly approves of. Uh, when I rest, God is pleased. Uh, because rest reminds me that I do not need to work in order to receive approval. When I rest, I truly align myself with God's cycle of grace. And conversely, when I don't rest, I'm not pleasing God. The same is true for you. Number nine, Sabbath breaks our addiction to doing, making, winning, and accomplishing. I'm going to say it again. Sabbath breaks our addiction to doing, to making, to winning, and to accomplishing. The word Sabbath, Shabbat, means stop. It's not inherently religious. It just means stop it. And for many of us, we have to engage the Sabbath because it's the only way that we're going to break our cycle of addiction to achieving and proficiency. The Sabbath is supposed to be inherently inefficient. It doesn't have to be overtly religious. You don't need to like listen to podcasts and worship and drag your kids into weird contemplative environments or whatever with your group of friends, make it weirdly religious, just stop winning and accomplishing, doing and making. Number 10, finally, the Sabbath is one of the ways that we Christians are a sign and wonder that point people to Jesus. If you do the Sabbath every single week, you will be different. You will stand out. Your wife will notice if you call your family into rest and recreation. Your husband will notice if you decide not to put yourself, uh, throw yourself under the bus doing laborious tasks. Your friends will notice. Kids, if you have them, will notice. People around you will notice. Your boss will notice. If we draw lines around the boundaries, and there's a passage in the Bible, I, I can't tell you exactly where it comes from right now because it's just not on the top of my brain, but it says that the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. And I'm just going to tell you, unless you keep the Sabbath, you will always be a little fuzzy about where the boundary lines fall. So why don't we endeavor to keep the Sabbath? And I don't mean just do it once. Because um, if you just keep the Sabbath once, that's like flossing once. You floss once, your teeth are going to bleed and you're going to hurt and think, gosh, that wasn't any fun. You'll probably feel the same way when you first cease to do all this winning, producing, achieving uh, proficiency stuff. But if you develop a habit out of it, 
I think these 10 things are actually going to stand out more and more clearly in terms of a uh, reason or rationale for why we should remain committed to Sabbath keeping. So following up from last week, I just want to challenge you, put a flag in the ground, keep the Sabbath, see what happens, but do it over months, not just a day or two. Let's, let's commit for the long haul and see what happens. God bless you. Go in peace. Enjoy your day. Amen.